Uh, thank you guys so much for being here. Um, we're so glad to have you all, uh, and especially Dr. Sifu for uh, giving us his time to be here and give us this excellent introduction. He is an excellent speaker. Uh, let me, uh, I'll introduce him after I give a quick brief introduction to our organization for anyone who might not be familiar with it. So the AOC PMNR is a professional organization that provides leadership and a home for the osteopathic PMNR profession nationally. We offer student leadership, student mentorship, free student mentorship, might I add, and um, it's really easy. You go on our website, you can fill out a form, and we'll pair you up with a mentor in the PM&R field. It can be a resident or an attending. Um, we also have student research help. We're uh, starting programs to help facilitate the process of seeking medical students for research projects. Um, we host an annual mid-year meeting uh, conference with a research symposium. There, this membership is free for students. Um, there's great networking opportunities with other students, with residents in the field of PMNR and attendings as well. The education series we put on like this one is an excellent exposure to diverse topics and practices within the field of PMNR. We have an upcoming educational series on prosthetics at, in September. I think September 6th is what we're looking at. So that'll be good to uh, check out too. We host a journal club and uh, we also have a lot of education and guidance through the match process, which is incredibly valuable once you get to the end of your third year and into your fourth year. And this even includes some mock interview prep. Um, a lot of the residents and attendings volunteer their time to help us medical students prepare for these interviews and the match. So AOC PMNR can offer a lot of things. We're a great organization and we're glad to have you here. But for some of you who might not necessarily know what PMNR is, I will let Dr. Sifu get into that after I introduce him. Um, let's get what I need for that. So Dr. Sifu, there's a lot to say about him. He is an eminent scholar, an associate dean for innovation and system integration in, for the Virginia Commonwealth University School of Medicine. Uh, he, he's a tenured professor there as well, and the chair of the department of PMNR, uh, and VCU School of Medicine is located in Richmond, Virginia. He's also the chief of PMNR services for the VCU Health System. He is the founding director of the VCU Center for Rehabilitation Services and Engineering the Senior Consultant for the Sheltering Arms Institute and Senior Traumatic Brain Injury Specialist for the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Now, it doesn't stop there. It goes even further. Dr. Sifu has delivered more than 625 regional, national, and international lectures. He's published more than 250 scientific articles, co-authored or edited 45 books and book chapters. He is the Editor-in-Chief of the premier line of text in the field of PMNR, Braden's Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation. Um, enough, he's dude, been, enough. come on, <laughs> I got two more lines. Oh, right, I thought they were important. Lines. Bang them out. Let's go. Bang them out, baby. <laughs> All right. So he has also been the U S department of veterans affairs champion for the 2009, 2016 and 2021 VA department of defense, clinical practice, um, guidelines, guidelines for post-traumatic mild TBI management. And in 2021, he was recognized by the U S department of veterans affairs, with the Paul B. Mag Magnuson Award for Outstanding Achievement in Rehab Research and Development. Dr. Sifu, everybody. Oh, thank God. All right. It's a th thank you for the intro. It's very nice. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, and and uh, I'm going to tell you, this, like, 
you have all made the right decision. Okay, this is the field for you. It 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 is the best. I, I saw some of the questions that I'm supposed to be answering. I'll address those, but there's no way I would have ever done something different other than PM and R if I had to do it again. It it, it rocks. Let me see if if the screen share will work. Uh, there we go. All right. You see the railroad tracks? Yeah, we're good. Okay. So I'm going to um, just bang through a couple of uh, 10 or so slides, you know, and, and, and uh, uh, paint a little bit of a picture, but just how awesome it is. Um, and then you can ask me the questions like, how do I get into a good residency? How do I suck up? You know, like, will you write me a letter? Those kind of things. And I'm, 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 look, I got it. All right. I'm happy to help you guys in any way possible. I know that, you know, Austin and Garrett, I've worked with them and stuff and they will tell you, I love, I love helping uh, junior folks and giving you the inside scoop. So I'm going to do all that. Uh, but uh, so I, I'm going to try to cover some of this again. I'm not going into great depth because you can read about it online. You've heard some of it before. And I, I certainly want to save some time for more specific questions, but I'll, paint you the picture of, of, of what a wonderful field it is. Yeah, I imagine by now you know all this, you know, but the thing is, the, the reason I love rehabilitation so much and why I would absolutely do it again is it's not even a single field. It's like 20 fields, right? It all, all revolves around the concept of team and interdisciplinary and understanding that people are actually not diagnoses or conditions or disabilities, they're people. And, and treating their, their challenges as part of their life is what we do. Whether their challenge is an ankle sprain because they play in the NFL, which is, you know, sounds like it's just an ankle sprain, but that's, that's their whole livelihood, right? And I, I work in the NHL a little bit, so I can tell you about how freaked they get about little things. To, you know, someone who's just had a spinal cord injury and their biggest concern is how will they feed their family or, you know, will they walk again to, you know, a family that has a child that's born with special needs or has physical disabilities and doing that stuff. You know, like right now I do a lot of brain injury stuff. It isn't I don't see myself as a brain injury guy or person. I, yeah, I'm known for all that, but I'm a rehab guy. I, I have a wheel that that can provide care literally for everything from acute back pain to people with disabling arthritis or people with burns and, and it's all so fun. But so, you know, we can be as primary care, you know, in the trenches, taking care of sick people as we want, which when I was training, that was kind of the cool thing. It no longer sounds sexy, but it did back then, uh, to being the super specialist that really is a consultant to elite athletes or to the military like I do, or, you know, so you can, it's the full range and you can be a diagnostician who does a lot of work with electrodiagnosis or physical exam or injection work to someone that is just treating a specific condition to someone who does everything. I would highly recommend, and if you want to do well on interviews, say, you like the whole field. You like the concept, right, Garrett? You, you know, you you just love the, the 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 way we look at patients as total human beings. Do not say you like sports medicine or I want to be an interventional pain doc. You will not get into our residency if you say that. You may believe that. I'm not stupid, but 
don't tell me you've specialized as a medical student. Please don't do it. You shouldn't do that as a medical student, but don't say it on the interview. All right. Uh, so I would just say that. But but you know, you shouldn't, you should learn everything. I'm still learning. I love learning constantly. I'm growing in new areas. I try to change my my specialty every five years because I get bored. This brain injury thing is getting very old. I got to move to something else. But anyway, uh, but but so you know, we certainly can be lifelong docs for certain people with diagnoses, but we can also just be very acute docs. Like I, I don't see my brain injured patients forever and ever. Like when I can't help them, I stop seeing them in a couple of years. I don't understand lifelong care. If they need it, they bounce back. But anyway. Um, you know, again, you can be just a diagnostician. You can be the world's best foot and ankle uh, specialist and work with a sports team, or you can be a brain injury specialist and just work with, you know, again, a sports team or something else. A lot of diagnostic has tons of ultrasound. All rehab docs training now are are beasts at musculoskeletal ultrasound. It's cool. Uh, I especially like it because it doesn't reimburse that well. So people just, it's not like M, worthless MRI. 99% of MRIs are worthless, all right? Completely worthless. You have no value. I'm a brain injury guy. I never get MRIs. They tell me nothing. My For my research, I get it. But, but you know, ultrasound actually tells you hands-on what's going on. And you do something with the information right there. Uh, and, and it doesn't reimburse well. So it's not being abused. I love that. It's really good. Um, you know, a lot of what I do now is leadership work, administration, teamwork, you know, bringing consortia together or, you know, showing people how to work efficiently as a team. Uh, I do a lot of financial consulting, too. I, you know, I, I really understand how to make a lot of money on it and how to optimize your time and efficiency so that you can, you know, really do what you want to do. I, you know, whether that's see more patients or whether that's go lift weights or go, or go you know, sailboard. It's, I don't care what you want to do, but you really want to know how to run an operation efficiently. I, and don't ever, you can repeat this being videoed. I can't, don't ever go see a doctor. Don't get advice from a doctor that hasn't figured out how to make a lot of money. Doesn't mean they're driving a Bentley. Doesn't mean that, you know, they're living large, but if, if someone is overwhelmed by the healthcare finances, you can see him if you like, but but it, I want someone who's figured out the system as well so that they really can enjoy their life and they can optimize their time and really see their patients as someone to help rather than, than, than a source of income or someone that at some point, some docs like are like, oh, I hate seeing patients because I don't make any money or, you know, they want so much of my time. I'm like, dude, figure out how to make it work. Like, this is your lifelong thing. I will never stop working. I love being a doctor. I love being a rehab doctor. But I also like getting rich. I like making money. And it's really not hard in our field or in healthcare. So, you know, again, that's not my number one thing. And it's not what I do. It's not why I do it. But it's not very hard to do. And, and you want to learn about that in your training as well. So you can ask that. Don't be as grotesque as I just was, but but when you're interviewing in a residency, like, is there education on practice management, on how to, you know, set up a, you know, your, your, your practice so that it's efficient, making money? How do you, how do you document effectively and appropriately? That should be part of your education. And you should learn, you're not going to learn a ton of that in med school, but be thinking about that. Like, like no, no person who works for a living doesn't understand how the 
system of payment works for their career. You know, the people at UPS make more than all residents right now, like three times that amount, you know, and yet they're still delivering packages, but they, they, they felt that their time was worth money. So is yours. All right. The last thing, the last statement is, is really what rehab's always been, which is holistic, integrative. All right. It's about the whole person combining East and West. It's always been about that since I was a resident. Now, every freaking specialty is like integrative and holistic. Like, like, when did that, A, they're not, they're just saying it, you know, like I was on an elevator a couple of years ago and I heard two orthopods say to each other, we should really get with the team and talk about this. I almost gagged. All right. That, that that's just not how surgeons have ever worked. I'm glad they said that, but this is all we've ever done is really see the value in working with other healthcare professionals, working with the family, working with the chaplain, working with the vocational person, the, you know, it, it's so it's so cool. I, it really has has always given me a, a belief that medicine is 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 you know really an awesome thing. Right? It isn't about prescribing medications, about doing injections, about you know uh, just generating money. It's really about making a difference in people's lives, and rehab does that. As you're aware, you know the the, the training is you know you can find it on any website, but it's a year. It, some places are combined four years, but the majority are a year of doing an internship of some some uh, type, usually separate from the department, but it can be integrated, as I said, and then three years of training. Sadly, there's in, in all of medicine, there's this weird, bizarre, totally against science approach that we should super specialize and do fellowships. Like there's not enough doctors, there's not enough primary care work. That, you know, you don't make a penny more being a, a, a super specialist, and yet there's this amazing push towards it. Our, I will say our department has like every fellowship in the world because that's what the residents want. Even though I tell them never to do any, they all do them. It's like reverse psychology, but you know, it's a big area in, in rehabilitation. I, again, I think when you're graduating, I'm going to still tell you, do not do a fellowship, but 90% of you will. So I'll stop, I'll stop droning on that one. Uh, there aren't that many of us, you know, there, there's more cardiologists who graduate every year than there are total PM&R docs. That's a little exaggeration, but it's pretty close to true. There just aren't that many. Uh, so it's good and bad. It's good because there will be jobs forever and jobs everywhere. It's bad because lots of other specialists and non-specialists are filling the gaps of holistic care, of brain injury care, of back pain, of sports medicine. You know, 5% of sports medicine docs are PM&R. You know, 85% are surgeons, which is not sports medicine, even though they're, they may be wonderful surgeons. So, it, you know, it's, it's a double-edged We want actually more PM&R docs to spread the love, spread the name, spread the word, um, because non-PM&R docs, A, don't do it as well. B, are going to have a different approach and are just going to be kind of going through the motions. And C, they often will take less money than we will. You know, and that's never good. You don't ever want to be understalled. So, so I, I, there needs to be more of us. There is an expansion in the number of training programs, but it, it certainly doesn't keep isn't keeping up with the number of individuals with disability and the needs for it across the country and the world. Actually, and actually, you can get a job anywhere in the world. We've had two of our residents who did who went on to just do locums for like two or three years all over the world. There was one of them that I literally. Um, came across first in, and maybe I've told you this one, Nelson, came, I, first I saw her in New Zealand, and then I think I saw her in either Singapore or, or Korea. I'm like, I, I saw her more internationally than I did when she was in training, all right? 
she was everywhere and she loved it. She now she's in California, but uh, actually at a VA and she's loving it. Um, the training has shifted to be more balanced now. When I was a resident, it was largely inpatient with a caressive outpatient. Now it's 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 um, a lot more outpatient and procedural than just inpatient. Th this blend is kind of what you should be looking for in a training program as well. Um, and I will tell you, do not say, oh, I'm going to go for a program that's all procedures or all outpatient. That may be what you want to do with your life, and I'm down with that. But you want to know how to do everything, everything. That's why I've got a, I'm marketable. I, I, there's nothing I can't do or, or see. It doesn't mean I'm the best at anything. I'm far from it, but I feel very comfortable in a nursing home, in a procedure lab, in an EMG lab, reading MRIs, you know, which I don't think are valuable, but I still don't know how to read them. Uh, but, but so really being in a program that's training across the board, really important. Look for a balance. All right. It's three years of your life. Work. Find a program that's balanced. Do not care what the call schedule is. We have the easiest lifestyle any physician I've ever met. And the training program is similarly easy. Learn. Volunteer to spend more time learning. Volunteer for everything. I'm not just saying that to get you to suck up. Trust, I did it as a resident. I was a suck up. All right. I was a brown noser. But man, I learned a lot. You know, I really, really. And the older you get, it gets more hard. It gets harder. It gets more hard. It gets harder to learn, and and it gets harder to put in that much time. Do it when you're young and eager. All right. And I'm I'm, I'm I'll stop preaching. Anyway, uh, also in the residency, you'll get exposure to a ton of other areas. Of course, you may rotate with other specialties, but certainly you'll work with these folks. Palliative care is a very big part of our training. Uh, we work very closely, certainly VCU do, does, but you know, lifestyle medicine or and functional medicine are big areas of of emphasis now we've been doing this for 30 years now now lifestyle medicine is a thing it's cool i love lifestyle medicine but really it's it's what we do it's you know understanding about diet and exercise and sleep and mindfulness and psychological factors i mean that and and it's important because very little aspects of medicine look at that holistic approach really important um again i i, I my residency program was easy and I was on call like one in four, but the, 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 and again, it's not very hard to be on call. I got more sleep on call than I did when I was home. Um, I just say that as well. Um, and as a, from a lifestyle standpoint, as an attending, it's really easy, really easy. All right. You're not going to, you're going to work, but you know, it's not because you, you have to work. There's like almost no call. Anyway, it's typically a Monday through Friday kind of residency. Eight hour days are pretty typical. Um, you know, uh, and the call average is about one in six, uh, and, and that's over three years. So the first year is like one in four, and then it becomes one in six, and then one in eight, or something like that, or one in nine. It, it's 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 balanced. It's cake. Uh, careers are pretty limitless. The majority of people go into just outpatient, just MSK, whether that's chronic or acute or interventional or not. But but lots and lot, and that's that's trend's been there for a while. Um, uh, about 20% will do a blend uh, and about 10% will go into academia. Obviously I'm in academia, but even in academia, most people are doing MSK. All right. And there's, there's that blend as well. I, I don't know if I have it coming up, but just so I don't forget it. I mean, working in SNF skilled nursing facilities, which are specialty parts of nursing homes is a exploding trend for new graduates. 
There are two ma massive companies that are just sucking up new graduates and sadly underpaying them to work in these nursing homes all over the country. I would never have, I would never do that. Our program, we, we work in five nursing homes, so you get training in that. And, and I'm looking for a faculty member now, so hurry up and graduate to, to run the SNFs. I love working in a SNF. I've been doing it since, since 97. It's fun, love the elders, easiest money you'll ever make. You have 120 people all funded, all waiting to see you every day, all of whom need rehab, all of whom you know, are eager to work with you and a team of therapists. So it's, it's, it's to me, it's, it's gold. Anyway, so there's a lot of fun things. Salary schedules and call are extremely variable. You know, again, young folks like you tend to, you know, want to lean more towards, you know, you know, uh, more vacation, less time. That's fine. That's easily available, readily available. You know, obviously, you know, you have to be careful of the, the, the attraction of money. Once you start to make money, it's real. It's really hard to like say, well, I'm going to go, you know, windsurfing today. Yeah, but yeah, but you know, you're, you're going to suddenly get into that. So think early in your life what you actually want, what's important. You will, none of you will be needing money in 20 years. None of you. All right. So be thinking about what your values are and how do I kind of instill those in my job. So uh, 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 the, the specific areas of growth I've listed here, I've got the sniff thing there. I knew I did. Uh, but, you know, if you want to have the best chance of getting a good job, keep your mind open to do it all because. Best jobs are often not, not the ones where 15 people are already doing them. It's what's unique that, you know, that's, you know, the punter on a, on a football team has an awesome job. Nobody's competing for it. Rarely long careers. All right. You know, so, so be thinking about how you can do that. Um, sadly, but thankfully for the, for the field, the demographics and the healthcare trends in the U S are feeding right into us. People are fatter. People, people think that smoothies are, are a form of wellness uh, and, and that in high colonics and the paleo, paleo, paleo diet is actually good for you. It's fantastic. You know, vaping, best thing in the world for cardiovascular disease, bring it on. I'm being a little facetious here, but you know, a, a pain is on the rise because of the stressors of the world. And, you know, because of people think that their bodies are toys and they can, they can just replace parts like video gaming, or they sit, in, sit on the couch and play video games all day, and then they decide they're going to go play pickleball, you know? So, so the demographics sadly are, America's not getting healthier or more well or taking better care of themselves. Do not believe that, you know? The, the, you, know uh, you know, if it weren't for um, uh, places like Lululemon and, you know, places like, like, like that, you know, you, you, you would think that everybody was exercising out there. Like they're just buying these pants and things so that they look like they're fit, all right? I, I feel sad about that because I'm a prevention lifelong kind of guy you know, and I'm getting into the dementia world, uh, but, but unfortunately the trends are not that way. So your career is set with this uh, in all areas. There's no oversaturation. The biggest challenges are things that don't work, eventually the funding sources will shut off and there are certain things that we're involved in that really don't seem to make a difference. Uh, and so we have to be very careful of overdoing those. Interventional pain things are a big deal. Uh, so, so here are some of the you know, elements of just talking about, like, if you understand, 
PM&R to be something that links across all of these areas, you know, aging, obesity, uh, people want to be more independent for longer, oncology, you know, cancer and transplants are on the rise, all right, what we're doing. You know, and th these are niche areas, the big areas, stroke, brain injury, spinal cord, amputation, dysvascular disease, you know, diabetes, they're exploding too. Hopefully you can have, play a role in reducing that, but, you know, until we do, you know, th that, that those aren't, you know, the, the, the career is set. In addition, the principles that we have are what healthcare has, has, has turned to, holistic, integrative, working across disciplines, looking at meaningful outcomes, not just, you know, they're, they, you know, they're, they're, you know, their pneumonia is better, but they can actually go home and be independent. Not that they survived a heart attack, but they can go back to work because you've done cardiac rehab, right? Not that just that, oh, you know, you, you did great after the brain injury. No, they're actually going back to school or work or, or whatever they're doing. So, you know, and, and we're looking at ROI, you know, like what value does rehab bring to the person? Not, you know, not just Oh, they liked it. Now, like we're seeing a return on the investment. Usually it's 11 to one is the, the number people traditionally use. And again, wide, wide range. Don't limit yourself. You can do concierge PM&R, you know, not what I like to do, but you can make lots of money off Medicaid, Medicare. Again, it's all out there. So, uh, you know, I, I can't stress enough how great it is. Work-life balance, I believe more in work-life integration. Like, I, like, I'm not really working right now, even though I guess I am. I'm talking to you guys having fun. Uh, you know, so, so, you know, if you think about it that way, if you're really enjoying what you do and you can build that into your lifestyle, like, like my wife and I volunteer with disability sports and wheelchair sports programming, it's fun. You know, I'm using my expertise as a doctor. Like, I cover some events you know, a wheelchair tennis tournament, but I'm just having fun. I'm out there, you know, hanging out with people. So it's neat. Uh, but, you know, if you're really that into like, you know, the, the ER kind of lifestyle where like you have eight hours of work or 12 hours and you're off for three years, you can do that in PM&R. It absolutely exists. I don't recommend it because ER and anesthesia docs are not very happy. I know a lot of them. They shift a lot. PM&R docs stay in their jobs forever. So again, I just speak from that, but it's available. You can do shift work, lots of locum work and other things like that. Um, uh, the, 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 uh, 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 obviously my love is academics and working with veterans, limitless jobs in the VA. Uh, I love working in the VA. I work in the VA and, and for the state and do some private gigs. So, so, so there's, you know, you can have a diverse practice. VA jobs will be there forever forever. Veterans have every risk factor that's perfect for us. And the PM&R is very strong in the veteran system. Um, but again, same thing's true in the, you know, private sector workers comp system. So it's not unique to that. Uh, I love academics, best lifestyle in the world, great benefits, guaranteed cash, lots of vacation, academic, you know, and, and you know, we make as much as the private sector and don't work as hard. So I don't exactly understand the private sector, but but it's there too. You know, you can and you can glide through these things. Again, if you're in academics, I think you're going to stay there. But people in the private sector can glide across different ways. But you're not limited to one specific. And you can do inpatient, outpatient, a mix, interventional across any of these spheres. 
private sector, academics, VA, mix. All right, so you're not limited to any one. You can be a mega entrepreneur and have 30 people working for you, running nursing homes or running interventional things. So you can do the business thing too. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it because it's a burnout thing, but you can, you can, you know, cash out as well doing that. All right. So if you're interested, you know, you guys have heard a little bit about this. Um, and I know there was a question about what if you can't get a training slot, I'll try to address that. But obviously, you know, to, to, to really know the field, you got to do some of it. You got to dive in there and don't just do something that you're like, I'm going to do sports medicine. That's cool. But try to do some inpatient work or some geriatric outpatient or some pediatric, really try to get exposure to it. And the people you work with are as important as the settings. Do you dig the person that you're, 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 you're kind of spending time with? You know, are they a normal human being? Do you like them? Is that someone, do they have a life that I would kind of like? And no matter what you go into, because you know, they're you in 20 years or 30 years, all right? Yes, it can be a little bit different. You know, but 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 kind of look for that. And that's one of the that's why I went into PMR. I was up in Boston. I met some the coolest attendings I met were PMR. Not cool like they were hip, but they had great lifestyles. They seemed really happy and passionate. Um, you know, and so I, I that's that's why how I jumped into the fray. Um, uh, uh, being part of a training or research project is a great way to kind of pad your resume a little bit but also to learn a little bit about the field it doesn't have to be nobel prize winning research it could be a case report or it could be a a um you know something that's looking at uh, um uh, quality improvement in, in the training program or you could help write you know um, a summary of some area that's going to be part of a training module doesn't really matter what you do but when, you know, when you connect with someone, say, hey, what can I do to contribute to what you're doing? Don't say, I want to do research on the left kneecap. It's the only work I want to do. Give me that project. You could say that, you know, but, you know, I wouldn't. I'd say I'm really open to anything because I, I just want to learn about the field and I want to show you what I got. I want to produce things. All right. And, and that's what I'd be looking for in the CV. Something that you can also talk about at a, at a residence, at a, excuse me, at an interview, or you can put into your little, you know, your write-up, what do they call your, your essay, you know, like, like, don't just say, well, my grandfather had a stroke and it was so lovely and, you know, it helped him get his life back. That's nice, but give me something that's you, all right? Like, like, like what have you done the last five years that kind of touches this, all right? And again, personal injuries, not as exciting when I read essays. If I read one more essay about a former athlete whose career was over, I'm like, ugh, all right, that's nice. But what about the interaction with the therapist or the system or disability or pain moved you? Go there. Don't tell me about how you got a knee brace and you did a lot of squats or something like that. Give me, you know, take it to a level that I'm like, oh, this person gets the fact that, that you know, that it, it, it impacted them across different ways. I mentioned a little bit about volunteer activities, whether that's, you know, being someone who helps support coverage of an athletic event, dis disability or not, you know, a marathon or someone that is actually doing some volunteer work with uh, disabled kids or people in wheelchairs, you know, something like that. It looks good in the CV. It also makes you feel uh, cool. If you've never watched wheelchair tennis, it's sick how good they are. Like 
in my on my best day, I couldn't beat some of these people. It's crazy. Like we had some of the uh, like the nation's number. We had like the nation's number one A level player. Unbelievable. You know, like hundred mile an hour, hundred ten mile an hour serves. Crazy from a wheelchair. Insane. Uh, uh, we're looking for people that feel comfortable talking to others, relating to others who might not look like them or, you know, act like them or have a different life experience. You need to, if you don't, if you're not that person, that's okay, but you got to get there or don't be in PM and R. I, I got, I got to tell you, it's a people field, no matter what you do. Even if you're an EMG, the electrodiagnostic person, you still want to talk to humans. And that's what I'm looking for. We're looking for you know, kind of relatable folks. Um, you know, we are certainly looking for people that have a passion, you know, and keep your passion spread, right? Be passionate about the concept, you know, not just one place. If you have one experience, you can bring that out, but then say, I can see how, you know, sports medicine, the approach could apply to people with cerebral palsy or geriatric, I could see that, you know, that you're seeing them not just as a knee injury, but as an athlete or as a, not just a child in a wheelchair, but someone who's going to school and has to deal with peers or not just a service member that's been brain injured, but as someone who has lost their, you know, their, 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 their meaning and their status in life and how can I rebuild that? So, so take a little idea that you've experienced perhaps and, and, and make it a little bigger. That goes over really well. So for an interview, you want to have that little story and make up a good one. Don't give me every fact. And if they're not a perfect injury, make it make believe they were, you know, don't say, well, we didn't really know their diagnosis. Make it up. OK, make, give me a story that I'm like, oh, this is cool. He saw somebody with uh, ALS and uh, there was some end of life discussion. All right, that, that's that's beefy. You know, there's something there, you know, so do that. Uh, and also, uh, and I know many of you do that, reach out to students, of, you know, the years above you that are getting closer to it and learn their tricks of the trade, you know, and if they've interviewed what, what you know, do it early in your career. So you, you kind of hear how the interviews went, uh, but uh, you know, they may have connections for you as well uh, that, 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 you, that can help you. Uh, yeah, it was, I always finish with this, like, dude, be healthy, okay? Like, don't just talk it, be it, all right? So, you know, like, like think about how you can embody this and, and influence those around you, whether that's eating well or, you know, being active and, you know, uh, um, you know any of the things. This is from the Blue Zone by, by Dan Buettner, uh, which is like a Bible to me, but there's plenty of other, you know, uh, things out there. And do not say paleo in front of me ever, all right? With vegan or nothing, no, but you can eat whatever you like, but, 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 but certainly be someone that is understanding the value of good health. And part of good health is good physician care, good therapy care, good nursing care. So I'm not, you know, I'm not anti-medicine, I'm all about it, but we got to integrate more of it and, and our field is wide open to that. Uh, this is Richmond, it's awesome. Uh, we can't take all of you into our program as much as we would like. Uh, but yeah, th this is this is our uh, what is oh, this is our new children's pavilion. Where's our new? Oh, th this is our rehab hospital. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. How do I go back? Okay, th this is our new rehab hospital. It's about to be 144 beds. It's crazy cool. This is downtown Richmond, and MCV is is right behind here. Uh, we have we have level four and five rapids at, on, in the river in the springtime because we are right where the African and the American tectonic plates 
come together right downtown. So it drops, so there's like a six foot drop or something like that. So we, so we have this cool rapids. I'm too much of a wuss to, to, to do them, but we have a lot of uh, stuff. And we have a, a massive outdoor sports uh, 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 scene here, you know, mountain biking and uh, again, rafting. And, and they've got all these climbing walls, which is great for our business, sadly. Uh, this, is, this is my office in the Egyptian building, the finest example of Neo-Egyptian architecture in the United States, the only example of Neo-Egyptian architecture still standing in the United States, built in 1848. So it, it's a lovely place. Uh, it's, it, it truly is a rehab mecca. This is our VA, the second largest building in Virginia behind the Pentagon. Unbelievable rehab experience. VAs rock, not just because I work there, but, but they truly are meccas for our, our America's heroes. So very cool thing. So I stopped there and uh, you know you all uh, certainly have my email address, you can reach out to me at any time. I'm always happy to talk to you again, as several people on this thing know, I'm happy to do that. And uh, let's, let's stop sharing and we can talk. Oh, we've added some people. I'll start from the beginning. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm trying to think of the questions that were on the, you know, the, the one question I know that I didn't really touch on well is what if I can't get a good externship or internship? How can I really pop up? All right. You know, one, you know, I've talked about a couple ways is, is find, you know, folks in your area, perhaps that you can at least get to know and shadow for a day or two. All right. Uh, this, I see the chat thing too. Um, but, to, you know, so, so that's, that's a way to do it. Or you can kind of, you know, find someone that maybe is doing sports med, but isn't a rehab doctor. Someone who's doing stroke care or someone's doing nursing home work or whatever, that's at least in the space, you know, because not everybody is blessed to have PM&R, you know, robustly in the area. I get that. There's a lot of it out there, but, you know, seeking out private practice PM&R docs, they're usually very, PM&R docs are just nice people. You know, I, I haven't met a lot of ones I don't like. Um, uh, so, so they're usually very open to that uh, and very, you know, amenable to it. And, you know, it's not as good as getting a letter from me. All right, let's be honest, right? But it's not bad. Someone that really spent time with you and say, you know, I haven't had a lot of, you know, students interested in this, but, uh, you know, uh, Ryan was very eager and was very, you know, I don't know if that's your middle name, Ryan, I don't know what it is, but, but, but regardless, you know, they were very, you know, so, so a letter that really kind of pops is nice. Um, uh, but you can also have virtual relationships like Austin and I have a nice virtual relationship, uh, you know, where, where we've kind of been communicating in a, in a totally nice way, uh, where we've been doing some research discussions and we've, we've done some connections. So, you know, th there are PM&R programs all over the country where people are eager to get good folks, you know, and, and I'm just as eager to recruit you as you may be to come to our program. All right. Think like that. You are the valued commodity. You're not a commodity. You're the valued service, whatever you are, human being. I guess you're human beings. You are the valued person. So, you know, what, you know, you'll be thinking of in that way. You can bring value to my programming. You know, it might not be with me. It could be someone else in my group or another, another department. But think of yourself that way, all right? And present yourself that way, all right? I think I've got value. What can I do to enhance your program? I'm only a M2, but I want to get engaged. You know, so it's a little bit of a shtick as well. I, am I going to have to go into the chat and do this? Let's see. Uh, one new message. Oh, I can ask your questions. Okay. Are there other questions people want to pop up? 
or you can just introduce yourself. So you'll say, oh, hi. Right. Yeah, good. Hi, Dr. Sifu. Hi, I'm Maha. I had a hey, question Maha. about, because you love the VA so much. Yeah. Um, what, what kind of research, um, how do you see PM&R advancing um, with that population oh. <laughs> and the funding that we have? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, first of all, your federal government gives more money to the VA than you will ever imagine, all right? And, and, and I think it's wonderful, it's awesome, not just because I get it, but because it's really important that we take care of those that serve and that, and that, that defend us, right? The, the VA um, is really divided into two areas. There's brain and mental health and then everything else from a, fund, from a research funding standpoint. It's insane, all right? Uh, and, and it's not because of anything I've ever done. It's they realize, you know what? This is a massive problem. They're looking at you know, a, a tsunami of dementia in the VA, a tsunami of suicide risk and suicide mental health problems. They believe it all stems from concussions injured in, in combat, which I don't believe in, but, but, but regardless, there's a belief. So because of that, our field is just massive. Spinal cord, spinal cord rehab started in the VA, all right, after it came from Britain. It's massive, so well-funded. We have 100 beds of just spinal cord at our VA alone, it's, and, and it's growing. And the research is as much as you like, amputation care. Pain care is, is the largest area of research growth in the VA. It's not unique to PM&R, but, but we're very involved and engaged in it. And you know, our, our group has got a large interventional and chronic pain and, and integrative pain program. So it, it's only growing, Maha. It, it's, it's, and VA, the reason I like the VA, it's the easiest research funding to get. One out of three get funded. Are you kidding me? NIH is like one out of, one out of 300, you know, really, it's good. Um, and, and you're given time to do the research. So it's not like you hear like, well, I do my clinical work and then at night I go in the lab and kill some pigs or something. In the VA, you're doing the research during the day with veterans in the clinic. You can also do basic science stuff, but that's during the day. Very, you know, like I, I don't get like people who don't get the VA, I, you know, they're lost, but it's the ultimate work-life balance. Like, it's just cool. So the future is good in that. It's also good in the military space and in the NIH. The NIH is beginning to see it. Um, their pay lines are just so weak. I don't get why people are fixated with that. Um, but, but so the research is wide open. But, it, but it's, it's really anything. Even pediatrics is big in the DOD because there's a lot of abuse. Uh, child abuse is a lot of um, autism. Uh, issues in the in the military, uh, so they're very big on it. So great question, thank you. I love you, by the way, Amai. That's my that's awesome. Love that. See that? That's a nice subtle suck up she just did. That was great. I'm kidding. I'm teasing, teasing. But but really, try to link if you have any ability. Try to link with your local VA or regional VA. Uh, and, and if you don't know, you know, I'm happy to try to connect you if you'd like to reach out to me. I know most VAs quite well and the, the people there. Um, and you know, even the ones that aren't top, top tier, they're still awesome. And there's jobs, you know, and there's training opportunities. 75% of all residents will train in a VA during their career. Pick a residency where you train in a VA, if at all possible. Uh, it's just a, I, I trained in, in, in uh, Baylor and the Houston VA, the, the Michael DeBakey VA, wonderful. Loved it, beautiful place. It was actually old and decrepit when I was there. The new one isn't where I trained, but still it's, now it's like a Mecca, beautiful. What else? 
Uh, do I have to look at the chat? You're gonna make me read? Okay. All right, let's see. Uh, this is absolute electric. Thank you. There is a V. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. There's actually also an HPSP scholarship um, uh, at VCU um, uh, that, that, uh, that, that, that's linked with the Richmond VA that, that we can get you into too. So you can actually get, you know, you can get coin to, to really, you know, folks that want to work in, you know, underserved areas, including VAs. And the starting salary at the VA is exactly the same as the starting salary in academics. Like they're paying you to get this, to get more money. It's, you know, and it's so rewarding. It's so cool. It just is. But what else? Enough. Of, oh, I got to read the rest of this. Let's see the chat. Probably can keep it up. To ask one of the questions, uh, are there any remote? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not just VA, because I said I wouldn't just talk about VA, but in particular, VA has massive telehealth programs. I mean, every, I, I'm, I helped to start a brain injury telehealth program that one, one of them's out of uh, DC VA, the other one I'm forgetting where it's at, but maybe it's in LA, but, but essentially they do uh, a community and at-home assessment of individuals with a range of brain injury stuff. You know, virtual speech therapy, PT, OT, psychology is massive in the VA. Also some, you know, I think UPenn in Philadelphia has got a pretty big uh, a virtual program. We have a micro program. We, we do some, uh, but, but not a, if, at our university, not as much uh, as we do at our VA, but Parkinson's, spinal cord, amputation, brain injury, pain, all done virtually. And 24% of all veterans are rural or ultra rural, which I looked up, which means like nobody lives there. Um, but, but, and so the VAC, and they put 32% of their dollars. So 24% veterans, 32% of their resources go to care for them because they see that as a huge area, you know, like, like so, uh, you know, again, it, it, the future um, is now in the VA and the VA has been doing this 10 plus years. What else? So I'll read them out to you. Ahead, easier. So uh, how can someone make the most of their third year clinical rotations if they're super interested in PM&R, but they're unable to schedule a PM&R elective? Yeah. Like yeah. it's not available. Right, right. So uh, other than, you know, doing the weekend night, you know, kind of suck up or, or kind of work, you know, doing rotations that, you know, are relevant to rehabilitation, which ready for this is all of them. All right. But, you know, things like geriatrics that maybe work at, with, with home care and nursing home, certainly orthopedics. All right. You know, whether that's, uh, you know, geriatric orthopedics, uh, whether that's sports orthopedics or just, you know, trauma. You know, I mean, neurosurgery, are you kidding me? You know, neurology, all, I mean, you've got to be good at all those things. The cool thing is we get to do all of those specialties. We get to go home early. They pay us really well and you take care of the whole patient. So I work with neurosurgeons, neurologists. I look at neuroimaging. I work with anesthesia for pain, but our lifestyles are amazing. So you get to do, so, so during your rotations, you're like learning about them in the concept of how can we apply this? And hopefully on those rotations, you might find somebody in rehab that, that, that you're referring patients to and you can kind of get their name. You know, so I do think that's important. You know, you can, and at your interview, you're bringing, or on your essay, you're bringing in. Well, I didn't get the experience, you know, during my formal training of PM&R, I was able to do X, Y, and Z and understood how important it is to know that as well as how does their neurologic diagnosis 
influence their short and long-term lives? How does having a, brain, a benign brain tumor at age four shape somebody? Yeah, you took it out if you're a neurosurgeon, they lived, you get a little hug and you're happy, fine. But what about the rest of their lives? You know, that's all you, it's cool. So, so that's one way, Austin, you know, I would certainly say, you know, move heaven and earth to try to do one. You know, I, I mean, that's maybe goes without saying, uh, but you know, begging is never, is never beneath anyone. I would beg for anything, all right? You wanna get it done. This is your life, dudes. You know, like, like it's all in. And, and if you do a rotation, man, you better be there early. You better be there all day. You better be finding out how you can help. You don't have to bake brownies or wash my car more than once, all right? What you need to do is get there early, be nice to the nurses, the secretarial support, the therapists, yeah, yeah, be nice to the doctors, but everybody's nice to doctors. That, that, that doesn't get your brownie points. Be nice. Patients should love you. All right. Listen to their stories. Volunteer to, to go with them to the CT scanner. Ask if you can spend a day in therapy. See, not, not psychotherapy, but in therapy, seeing how they do with their, you know, with their work in the gym, no matter what you're doing. You had better, like, I tell, I tell all the students, I'm like, are you kidding me? You got four weeks, four weeks for us to decide on three or four years and you're coming in late. And you know, are you kidding me? All right. But they still do, you know, maybe it's your generation, not you guys, of course, but like, like you guys, are you missing this? You know, it's, it's like, what was that? What's that De Niro thing? The intern when he was the most unbelievable suck up intern, like you gotta be like that, you know, and not because you're sucking up because this is your life, man. Like, this is what you want to do, you know? It's like you should, you know, like, like, like the rookie. Like I'm watching uh, the Jets. So what's that thing called? The, you know, what's it? What's it? Oh, hard knocks. Right? I love hard knocks, yeah. right? I'm like, those rookies, they're doing anything, man. You kidding me? You know, concussion. I didn't get a concussion. I, my head always spins, right? You got to be there, all right? So, you know, if, if you know, and they're li it's life and death. It's life and death for you. And I don't mean that to stress you. All right, please. You're all gonna have great lives, all right? It's all good, really. At the end of the day, man, it all works out, all right? So don't, don't overstress. Yeah, God, Alexander. Yeah, hey, um, nice to meet that was, that was super informative. Yeah. Um, uh, you mentioned the variability and that you could hop between like focuses in PM&R, right? When you're actually doing that, how do you go about doing that? Because don't you have to then learn a whole new special thing? No, you have to no, no, no. Yeah, it's a great question. So, you know, but I, I literally started as a geriatric person. All right. I just loved it. I loved the concept and you know, I did that. And then like after like three years, I'm like, I was in a setting. I was actually at MC, BCU and the, there was a need for me to do something else. I think it was the consult service or something like that. So, and I'm like, I can do this. And I probably sucked for the first month, but I knew about rehabilitation. I had read the books. I was doing lectures. You know, like, like all I have to do is know more than everybody else who could see that person. There was nobody else competing against me. And after a couple of weeks, I was rocking and I loved it and I learned more. All right. Like, yeah, I need a fellowship. Two days. You pick it. You'll see this. You'll see your, your, your skill set will go from like second year med student. Like, it's like, uh, how do I talk to a person? Like, oh, I'm embarrassed, you know, to like, like, yeah, this is easy. You know, fourth year, like, yeah, we bang those chest tubes out. Yeah. To resident, like, oh, I can, you know, but, but it, the, your curve will be crazy. 
All right. And I, I literally became a brain injury guy overnight because our department needed someone to cover brain injury because somebody left. And, you know, I had learned about it in my residency. I was, you know, probably saw some, I saw people in the ICU, but I didn't know the nuances. All right. I picked them up, baby. I learned it, you know, and, and I'm not being, it's not me. It's PM&R. It's a wheel. It's just turning in a different space. All so right. the foundation for PM&R is oh. enough to that you go wherever? That's what you're saying? That's Yes. That's and anybody that doesn't feel comfortable doing that hasn't learned enough about PM&R. Again, am I better now than I was five years ago? Sure, at what I'm doing. Sure. But five years ago, I was the best choice. Well, I'm making up five years, but I was the best choice in that space. I'm always looking. Like, I literally started nursing home consults. I called 19... 19 98, 97. I, I was I was about to be in the chair or something like something like that. And I wanted to, you know, I, I'm like, I wanted to give my practice to a junior person, which is kind of how we roll in our department. And I'm like, I gotta find some gig, right? So I'm like, I called up some nursing homes and I said, um, Dave Seafew, I'm a rehab god. I would love to come in there and kind of help. Met with the administrator, met with the therapist. It was like a desert needing water. All right. I I, I could. I will tell you offline about the first couple of patients I saw. I'm like, what is this? But but quickly, I'm like, okay, they need to know a lot about pain management. You need to know a lot about Parkinson meds. You, need, you know, you still have to know the wheel of therapy and independence and balance and neurology and stuff like that. But there were some nuances to it. They were on the same sort of meds and there were some fears in the geriatrician that I had to work with. I crushed it. I love that. And then in like eight years, I gave it to a partner. And now it's exploded and I did something else. And I think I started a brain injury day rehab program. I don't even know what that means, but you know, again, you just have to be better than everybody else who's doing it or nobody else. All right. You'll find that about our specialty. I would never, I think it's, it's idiotic to pick a section of rehab where this it's crowded and jump in that fray. I don't understand why anybody does that. It's like, oh, let's see. Let's come up with six more electric cars because Tesla isn't crushing it enough. Yeah, let's do that. All right. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm going to come up with like, I don't know. A, a, it's going to have squirrels running the engine or something. I'm going to do something different. Pivot to where people aren't. Basketball 101. There's an open space on the court. Go there. All right. And, you know, I, I read, you know, I write a lot of books, I read, I do, you know, so I'm constantly growing it. And if I don't know it, I will call up someone who knows it better than I or seek a mentor still. All right. And, and again, it's not, it's not unique to me. This is how the field really is. There's such a need, Alexander, people with disability everywhere, everywhere, not getting good care. You know, a, a massive area is uh, uh, kids with disability as they become adolescent and adults, we still have pediatric rehab folks taking care of them and they really feel out of their lane. They're still like putting like little braces on them and giving them like, you know, I don't know, like, like toy kind of stuff. I'm like, this is a 22 year old, but you know, I'm being facetious, but, but you know, that market is massive, massive, a hundred percent funded, a hundred percent. And emotionally, Man, it's like a love fest with those with those with those folks. I love taking care of that, you know. And I don't know jack about it, but man, I'd learn really fast. You know, I'd read a couple things. I'm sure I've even written a chapter on it. I just don't remember it, but I'd read my own chapter 
and I and I run with it, you know. So you know, I, I will. I, I you know, you can pick up skills. You're the, you're the top one percent in the world in terms of intellect. Maybe everybody but Alex over there. I'm kidding. But but you're you're it right here. Okay. If we cannot flex into these areas, like like by by you know, by using your learned skills, learn, using your ability to communicate and and you know dialogue, right? just listening to the patient is 74% of medicine. I made that up, but but it's you know really is is just hearing what, what is what problems are they having? Common sense, dude. Common sense, right? So anyway, who else? Thank you. Bruce Oh god, we got tail. Who else is speaking? I don't care. I think I'll have Bruce Shank first. Oh, okay, thanks. Um, hi, Dr. Sifu. Thank hey, you man. for your talk. Yeah, um, yeah. I just uh, I just wanted to know um, how with um, PMNR, um, I guess, what's the scope of practice with um, technological advancement and the use of AI? Because yeah, I know yeah. recently there's like an implantation device that allowed a quadriplegic to yeah, have I movement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So PMNR has been in the biomedical engineering world for 20 years. All right. You know, I, I started the, the uh, what do they call the VAs? Um, but not adaptive. What um, I'll think of it. But but essentially using uh, using technology adaptive aids. Twenty years ago, we started VA centers of excellence, and, and mm -hmm. the VA has an amazingly robust program where you can get anything, anything and everything you need. Now we're not doing. You know, they actually will be doing implantables. But but you know mm -hmm. you know whether it's you know a, a brain a body interface, computer brain interfaces. We've been doing that forever. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we have prosthetics that can uh, that move via Bluetooth from electrodes that are on the on the uh, it's using a cap, but we have mm -hmm. AK prosthetics that move massive area, massive. There there mm -hmm. isn't massive training programs because nobody's doing it in a monster way. Pittsburgh does it well. Uh, mm -hmm. The Cleveland Clinic does it well. We do it well at the Richmond VA. We have a whole team that does this. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, probably UPMC in Pittsburgh is the most impressive, but but mm -hmm. but so the space is wide open now. AI is you know we're now, we're now using in our research analyses in you know in in mm -hmm. the brain injury world but in terms of using ai to maybe you know help people with who are returning to gain or using devices to use devices that are actually going to predict where they're using or or that will learn how you use a device so you have a smart prosthesis or a smart orthosis wide mm -hmm. open wide open easy okay. to get easy to get research dollars too you know, just mm -hmm. because, you know, everybody and their mother wants to invest in that, whether you're getting from startup capital, whether it's through a grant. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, to do that specifically, you'd want to probably link with a strong school of engineering, specifically biomedical engineering, mm -hmm. um, because that's the that's, you know, the linkage. But you, you always need a wizened clinician who's going to say, what do I do with this toy? What do I do with this technology? Who's the, there are so many toys like this that are sitting in people's closets that are never used super high-tech prostheses you know you know that thing that was on it was at um, ric which is called the ability lab now in in chicago where, where i think it was invented by the guy who um who did the what the segue like mm -hmm. he invented an upper extremity uh for for someone who's got a high you know a transhumeral uh um uh, uh, amputation so essentially he's got like just the stub there and he had a, a limb that was controlled by his brain and with simple movements, uh, mm -hmm. electrodes, and he could like pick up an egg and all this shit. And they showed it on, on like 2020. 
You know where that thing is now? It's sitting like in a locker room because it, it was it, it wasn't practical. He's like, I'll use my other hand, thank you. All right, or or I'll find somebody else to help me pick up an egg. So how do you then take these super high tech things and make them truly translatable and and deployable? That's where the science is exciting. All right, mm -hmm. but if you just in the you know R and D area, massive right now. Its applicability is a challenge, you know, but that's that's where research lies, right? Gosh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, no, it's awesome. You know, actually, if you go to, if you ever go to, uh, I do a lot of international talking. If you go to any of the any of the uh, major uh, uh, conferences in Asia, you wouldn't believe like Honda, Toyota, they're investing big time in disability work. It's crazy how cool it is. I don't wow. think they're using it there either. But, mm -hmm. but man, Honda is doing so many cool things. You know, they've like wheelchairs that can climb upstairs and, and you know, and, and, and um, a walking device for, for paraplegia where essentially you can be dead and walk in it. The military is investing in these things because they want, they want full body robotics that, that, that are wearable so that if a person injured, they can walk themselves off the battlefield because they don't mm. want any more medics injured. But we're, we're translating that to people's spinal cord injury or hemiparesis, right? So, so yeah. the military space is very big in that area. It's cool stuff. Okay, so, thanks. Yeah, and, um, I would say sorry. this is, this is uh, we're gonna go an extra, I'd say at 15 minutes, if that's okay with people. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. We end at six. I know Taylor has a question too, and Eric had a question in the chat, so we'll address those two. Um, Bang it uh, out, Taylor. Takes an hour, but um, just wanted to let you guys know and clarify that, and then we can go continue with the questions for another 15 minutes. Good, man. Hi, Dr. Sifu. Uh, hey, first, man. thank you for coming in. I'm really happy that I came, and thank you also for setting this up. Thank um, you, so my my question was, so I know like where we're on the street is PM&R. It's pretty deal friendly. And um, I imagine that all of us have experience in OMM, and that's something that I kind of want to bring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, so going back a little bit, OMM, I did shadow there, and that actually introduced me into PM1R. Cool. I didn't normally know about it until then. And now I'm like really gearing myself towards this field. Yeah. And I just wanted to see if there is like a, at least a small cohort of people in PM1R that massive, are you. Massive oh. cohort, small, massive. I mean, in my department alone, we've got just a ton, mostly deals. We got one or two MDs that are doing it as well. But but yeah, that integrate again. They're not just doing that. They're integrating it into a musculoskeletal sports practice or other practice. Uh, so yeah, no, it's highly valued and it's part of integrative medicine. You know, the thing is, you know, like like we need to stop thinking about well, I do some OMM or I do this. I'm like, dude, we do it all. Like like people want, you know, people want. They want to feel better. They want to be more independent. They want to not see 16 other doctors and therapists, and they want control over their issues. They want you to teach them. You know, they, they don't want any, you know, like, like, oh, this guy's got amazing hands. I see him once every week, once a week, and I feel good for like three seconds. No, let's, let's create wellness, right? You know, and so I don't think one skill is enough. I don't think you can just do one thing. It doesn't mean you can't get people from you know, pain to pain free using it. I get that. But, mm -hmm. you know, when with that engagement you've just had, can you also help them with dietary wellness and right. mental health wellness in the same, same visit? Because you have now, you are now a trusted person. Don't just be a one trick pony, you know, right. like, 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 you know, so use that skill you have. Gotcha. All right. And say, I'm going to 
I'm going to, I'm going to double down. I'm going to be the guy that also is going to give them cardiovascular health because I'm talking to them about exercise and diet, or I'm going to be someone that feels comfortable. Like I'm a PTSD specialist. I don't know what that even means, but compared to 99% of physiatrists, I know more and I can provide care. All right. But so I can bring that value, right? What value can you bring in addition to what you've been trained to do? That would blow people away at an interview. Say, I want to, yes, use my special, unique DO skills, but I also want to bring in other elements because being an osteopath has opened my eyes that it isn't just X or Y. You know, allopaths are a little more rigid that way, but, but not in PM&R. Wide open, wide open. Awesome. Thank you yeah. so much. Oh, man, no, I love the hair, by the way. Totally different. <laughs> Thank you. <Love> <laughs> Was there then, one more? Um, yeah, Eric wanted to know um, that he said he's interested in the, unless he wants to ask it, but he was saying uh, if- Eric Wynn, it's a hybrid career. Oh, I, okay. I can ask it. I'm just driving a hey, little bit. So. How you doing? I've been on two Zooms where people have crashed while they were talking. So I, I hope you're not the third one, man. No, no, I'm looking straight ahead. All right, man. I, got I was just wondering, um, you know, uh, in terms of if I'm interested in both an yeah. outpatient- patient experience Love you. you know i know like um i could be plugged in an outpatient clinic in like an ortho clinic or have my own but how yeah. do i make that flexibility work in terms of doing outpatient and inpatient like do i pick up locums as sort of a secondary to my primary oh. job as a oh, you know you, would, uh, you could but you don't need to there will be so many hybrid spots available when you graduate where where people are like you know we need someone to cover 10 beds in, in an IRF, a, a, a rehabilitation facility, or in a SNF, you know, and, and you're like, oh, I can do that at, you know, uh, 7.30 to 9, and then I can do it 3.30 to 4, or whatever, and you have a clinic, in the, or you can just do it a couple days a week. You can just be the rehab consultant and have a APP or a primary care doc take care of them, their medical issues, but twice a week, you're popping in there and seeing 20 people and, you know, running a team meeting. Now, that's, dude, I will hire, hire you tomorrow if you want to do that. You know, that, I mean, send me a note. No, no, I mean, but really, hybrid is really where it's at. It's the smart play. It's diversification. Yeah. All right. Just do not be a one-trick pony. Don't just say I want to do this. Even if in your heart you want to, when you get in practice, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a steady income. So that way, if my outpatient clinic costs get too high or, or, or becomes of a hassle, I want to have you know, 20, 40, 100 beds that I'm providing coverage for, or I've got a team that's doing that. Now, so Eric, that's 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 the way you want to be thinking. Diversify. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Cool, cool. All right, you want to finish with Lewis? Yeah, <laughs> there he is. What's up, dude? Hey, um, uh, I'm Lewis. I'm a second year at uh, Ohio University. Uh, just started as uh, president of our PNMR club here. Nice. Um, what I've noticed, I would call it a special interest group. Sounds better than a club on your CV. Go ahead. Special interest group. I'll write that down after this. But, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I've noticed not really anyone knows about PM&R. So. Okay. Okay. You yeah, no, I'm kidding. No, no, <laughs> no. Dude, nobody's heard about it for 35 years. I've been waving this banner for 32 or 35 years. I was the president. I've done all these things. I was the head of all the VA. And so I've tried to get people more aware of it, but people don't get it, man. It's, it's yeah. like sliced bread, baby. Like, I don't oh. understand why people are, are not getting it. And it's good. 
at some level because there's so many jobs and, yeah. and the competition is lower. It's bad, as I said, though, because there's a need for what we do and other non-trained people are, are doing it. Not because they're not cool, but they didn't even know it existed. So they're yeah. taking care of, you know, pain or spinal cord or, you know, sports and stuff like that, you know, and, and you know, it's not going to change because I want it to. We're way behind the curve, you know, but there's a growing number of training programs, like some I never even heard of, like some, my, my, my residents or my students come up to me, I'm like, I've never even heard of that, but they're growing because there's a, there's a vision of the need. Mm -hmm. All right. And, and, and I didn't say this already, but no matter what program you get in, be the best resident there, crush it. All right. Like it, you don't have to go to the number one program. Nobody cares. Be, get trained. All right. Give it your all, get it all, but help people. You're going to be a, you're going to be the bomb. If you do that, you can go to a great program and like be a, you know, sit on your ass all day and you're not going to be good. Like, like, you know, you can put it on your shirt. Oh, I'm trained here. But if you're not good, you're not good. People will know. All right. So, so, but yeah, it, it's the, it's the least heard of best thing, you know, yeah. it's not because I'm not out there waving the flag, man, you know, but well, so mentioned, your generation that. will help that. Yeah. Go ahead. I mentioned that because like one of my big things with this club, is like pretty new. So not I want to, special, the special interest group, uh, it's pretty new. So I want to, um, kind of get the word out there to the, cause okay. we start, we start on Monday and the first years all come in and I'm making a presentation about it. Steal uh, mine. Want, you want to steal mine? Take mine. Yeah. I was going to ask, can I like take clips of this recording? Take the whole thing, man. All Just right, cut, take my name off it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Austin okay. will say, yeah, of course. No, no. Uh, I'll keep your name on there. Pretty cool. No, I don't care. I don't care. And, and you know, yeah, you, yeah. you can say, oh, you know, you're an FOD. You're a friend of Dave. And he, and he, you know, gave me these slides and he wants to help out. Yeah, please. No, no. All right. Wave the flag, that. folks. Be a leader. Be a leader. Yeah, All right. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead, Ma. I was going to say, you should tell DARPA to move the funding from the, a little bit of the funding from the VA to promoting PMNR. Oh, no, I've gotten so much DARPA. I love DARPA. I have DARPA I shirts. DARPA. You kidding? I love DARPA. Oh, my God. I did read the DARPA in undergrad. They were, we were doing the little electrodes in the brain. Oh, it yeah. was fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's insane. It's insane what they study, but they give you four times as much money as you need. It's great. I, I was working with a guy in DARPA who was, what was it, Jeff Ling. He, he was the head of DARPA at the time. And he would call me all the time, like, Dave, I want an update, you know, fr from on the research. Like, literally, I'd hear gunfire. Because he's, I said, Jeff, where the hell are you now? He says, I can't tell you. Special, you know, I'm like, what the fuck? He goes, yeah, but while he's getting killed and shooting people, He's also getting pressure to update the research I'm doing. I'm like, this guy's crazy, you know, cray cray. But but it's cool. He gave me a lot of coin, and you get they have the coolest shirts and outfits. Yeah, I love Darwin. That's cool, my my. That's cool. Rock on. All right, hey folks, thank you so much. You don't have to thank me, also. It's cool. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Thanks for being interested in our special interest group, not club. All right. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's stick with it. It's the best. It, and worst comes to worst, be aware of it. So whatever field you go into, you're like, oh, I could send this kind of person to rehab. This would be a great person for this. So at least be aware. Or, oh, my, my grandma fell. Well, what, what was that guy saying? Let's go to rehab. So, you know, it's just, a, it's the coolest thing. All right. And, and I will, will do this career in my next five lives. 
if I believed in reincarnation. It's just awesome. So all the best, everybody. If I can help, please feel free to reach out and uh, enjoy your club meeting tomorrow, okay? All right, Thank you, Dr. Sifu. Right. Later, later. Thank you.